We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Andrew here with a quick programming note. You're about to listen to part four of a special Cap or No Cap 6.0, all about the 2022 NBA draft, what the Knicks could do, what they should do, the options available to them with the 11th pick. And you didn't hear incorrectly, part four, as in there's a chance you didn't listen to part one, two, or three. This was an extensive, intelligent deep dive into what the Knicks might do with the number 11 pick overall. Uh, Part one was all about uh, the history of the Knicks in this regime and what they've done with draft picks, the type of player they like and what you might be able to, if you're looking for certain players and who to scout, just look at the Knicks history and that's where you can narrow it down to a couple uh, couple of different types. Um, in part two, we looked at Walt Perrin and his history of drafting centers and the type of center the Knicks might look to take at 11 or might, might not or probably should not take at number 11. We also look at the uh, opportunity to trade into the top Top five and uh, the history of trading into the top five since 2001. Um, and then in part three, we looked at uh, the teams ahead of the Knicks and around the Knicks in the lottery. Every single team got a dedicated conversation about whether the Knicks can trade with them in the first round of the draft. So that includes Julius Randle to Portland or Sacramento. Those conversations happen in uh, part three of this jam-packed episode. And here in part four, we look at the history of trading out of the lottery, um, the Knicks' uh, chances to trade with the other teams in the lottery, um, the opportunity to trade out of the draft altogether, I guess out of the first round altogether, um, whether the Knicks should trade for a player and what type of player they should trade for. And of course, the boring answer, staying put and who the Knicks might look to take at number 11. And then some predictions. The guys wrap it up with what they think the Knicks will do in the 2022 NBA draft. Look, I wasn't there for this episode, and I just want to give credit to John and Jeremy. They continue to wow me with their coverage. Um, I, this is this is why I love working here, because I get to work the with the talent and the intelligence of these two. But enough about us. Let's get to the episode. Thank you again for those of you who have listened to parts one, two, and three. If you just clicked on your podcast feed um please go back and listen if this is the first time you're hearing about this you had no idea that there are three episodes before this listen to them in order it's a really extensive conversation you'll sound super smart when you're talking to all your friends about what the knicks can do in the draft and if you have done all of that and listen to parts one two and three let's wrap this up 
part four, cap or no cap, 6.0 draft season. Enjoy. So then I want to talk about trading up to and down from the lottery, right? These are teams that are outside of the lottery going in and inside of the lottery going out. And uh, there are 10 years of, of evidence. First year. Again, you're going to see that this kind of continues throughout time. Um, it's much more consistent than what we talked about with trading into the top five from out of the top five. But let's, uh, let's go. 2002. Uh, this is a one that Knicks fans probably do not want to remember, those who are old enough to remember it. Uh, it was Seven and Marcus Camby and Mark Jackson for 25, Antonio McDice, and a future second-round pick. Pack where you forget. Yeah. John, would you rather have uh, the package that went out or the package that came in? Um, I Very easy w- question. <laughs> I would much rather have Nene and Marcus Camby and Mark Jackson. Mm, yes. Yep. Uh, says in three was 13 and 27 for 16 and 20. I believe that was the Celtics and the Grizzlies. I'm trying to think of the players who were involved in that transaction and I am struggling. Yeah. Usually I would include the players next to it, but this, none of them were notable. Yeah. It's kind of the way it was. Um, 2006, 13 for 16 future second and cash. Uh, these are more just the types of deals. We don't have to necessarily focus on each one, like how they turned out, but I, there's some that I do remember here. Um, 2010, 11, and Morris Peterson for 21 and 26. That was a Cole Aldridge trade, if I recall. That's here. Yes. There we'll we go. There. Yep. Uh, 2011 was uh, seven, which was Bismack Biombo and Corey Maggette. This was a three-team deal, but this is basically like what the Hornets and uh, Bucks got out of it. So the Hornets walked to, or excuse me, the Bobcats. Bobcats had seven and Maggette. And then the Bucks walked away with the 19th pick, which was Tobias Harris, Steven Jackson, and Sean Livingston. Not bad. Nope. Uh, 2013, I was, I believe it was 13 for 16 and two seconds, two future seconds. I think that was Kelly Olinick for uh, Lucas uh, Noguera. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 2014. Oh, no, no, no. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. This was the Cole Aldridge one. 2014. Uh, The 11th pick for the 16th and 19th and a second round pick. Are you sure? That was the Cole Aldridge? And not. um, Oh, wait. No, no. Sorry. Uh, I think I. Listen. I think I know my Cole Aldridge trades. No, you know what? Was it 2000? No. I think this is. Are you talking about the elf trade here? No, I'm not. That was. Okay. Or is this the Dougie McDermott trade? This was the Dougie McDermott trade. This is the Dougie McDermott trade. You know so I'm I right. Think, uh, yes. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Yes, please go. Uh, this is the Dougie McDermott trade, though. Okay. The 2013 one. Right? The 2013 was the Dougie McDermott? Yeah, uh, twenty. No, 20, 2014. 2014. W- okay. was 11 for 16 and 19 and a, and second. a second. Yeah. Yes. Um, 2017 was 10 for 15 and 20. This was orchestrated by... Scott Perry's administration. It was what Zach Collins picked up. Came Zach Collins for yes, uh, Justin Jones, Justin, Justin Jackson, Jackson, and Harry and Giles. Harry. Yes, that was that. And then thirteen for twenty-four and Trey Lyles, which was as we all know the Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. 
for uh, the 24th pick, Trey Lyles. Cole Aldridge was the t- 2010 Trey Bella. He was. Okay. Got it. They just had to get their hands on some Cole Aldridge. Had to do it. <laughs> and who could blame them? Yeah. Uh, 2018 was the 10th pick, which was Mikhail Bridges for the 16th pick, which is Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith. And a protected first. Which ended up becoming Landry Shamit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the 2021 draft was, as mentioned earlier, 10 and 40, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, 10 being Zaire Williams. Uh, and a protected 20, uh, 2022 first for 17, which was... Um, Trey Murphy the third, 51, and Jonas Valanciunas. Okay. So just something to consider where if you are trading down from 11, if you're not trading for an established player, then the furthest you're probably going is like 16. And I know that a lot of fans might think like, oh, you could keep going with your pick. And it, there's a there's a cutoff point. As illustrated in the draft pick value, as illustrated just Generally speaking, yes, you could find talent later, but there there should be a point where got to go back to quality is greater than quantity. So if you can get quality at say sixteen and quantity, beautiful. But you can't keep pushing your luck if you've only got the one pick. The one thing that none of these trades have, and perhaps it is instructive, is eleven for a future first or a future lightly protected first. Like the closest we get is the 2018 trade um, where and it's 10. What's that? And, and yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah. And, it's more and recent. The, yeah. And, but, it, but again, those are protected firsts and I fairly certain the protections on those picks are, are pretty heavy. Like there is not a chance that those picks are going to be like the first pick in the draft or if there is very, very slim chance. So if the Knicks are just like, we don't like anyone at, two, uh, at 11 and we don't want to add another young player to this team, but we also don't want to like, you know, bring on Malcolm Brogdon. And like, that's what we get from this. Um, you have to still find a team willing to, you know, give you a future asset. That's like, makes it worth your wild, unless you're going to do the type of trade that Jeremy has very well laid out here, which is like, we're going to trade down four or five or six spots and then pick up, you know, whether it's a future heavily protected first or a couple of seconds or like whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. It's, it's protected first that that's what you're looking for, especially if you're going from the 11th pick out of the lottery. And I think the rationale for that too, is the lottery yields better talent than the 15th or 16th picks typically do. Yeah. You could get at 15, your Giannis Antetokounmpo's, your Kawhi Leonard's, but typically speaking, the talent that's there. You're going to want to get it at 11. It's up to the team that's trading up to say the buck stops with us. We want the player that we could get later at 11. So no one else bids for him. And, and again, you, you know, you, you look at, there are teams in the league that have stockpiled future draft assets. It's the Pelicans. It's the, um, yeah, obviously it's the thunder, you know, uh, if you want to throw the rockets in there, like the rockets got some stuff, obviously in the Harden deal, those are teams that already have, high picks and that already have a lot of players on their roster. And like, they're not, they're not just willy nilly giving away one of their juicy future draft assets to, to trade for the 11th pick. Like that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, the Knicks are going to be left with some, I don't know, less than exciting options. Is it fair to say? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. So trading down non lottery teams, there are, 
16 draft picks. Let's go through them. The Hawks picking at 16th. Don't really see much of a deal between these two teams happening. The Hawks are also in a similar position where they are looking for better talent. Yeah. Like maybe they're a little trepidatious about paying DeAndre Hunter. Maybe they're looking to consolidate and get a player like Rudy Gobert. I'm not sure. And also here's the thing though. If you are like, if you're the Hawks, are you trading 16 and the protected first that the Knicks just traded you back to the Knicks to move up to 11 (laughs) to maybe take a player there or trade it doubtful. Right. But this is again, like we're going to go through the other teams, but we've hit our cutoff point where at a certain point you just, you don't keep dropping. If you can get another first round pick, this is pretty much why we're still doing it. If for some reason the Knicks did get another first round pick in this draft, how they would go about and looking at the other teams or trading back down from there, trading elsewhere. So we can kind of proceed, but with a little bit of Gallo for Gallo and 16 for Julius 11 and the Hawks have to throw in. uh, Let's see here. Next year's top. No, a 2024 protect top 10 protected first. There you go. But again, it's using the 11th pick as a way to get off money that might be not great. But yeah. also, the Knicks are going to hold Randall in higher uh, esteem than that. So. You, you would think they would. They would. You'd, yes, you'd hope so, honestly. Uh, the Rockets, again, like, I know people are going to say Christian Wood. I, I feel like we've talked enough about centers. And like, you really want to... I don't really want to go from 11... And like, here's what it is, right? It's 11 and Nerlens for 17 Christian Wood. And I'm sure there are fans for that. I actually think that would be, again, putting aside the conversation that we had recently about like how the Knicks want to use their centers and this, that, and the other thing. <sighs> Value wise, it's, you know what? Then again, though, Wood's expiring. Mm-hmm. Got to pay him. You gotta, you're, not, you're not trading for him so he can walk. You got to pay him. And he um, is almost, I mean, who knows? Probably not going to extend on the current contract because he's going to be limited to a figure that I would imagine he thinks he could exceed um, on the open market in, in 2023 because he's limited to just you know a 20% raise from his current contract, which is not a lot of money. It's like $14 million, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it. Literally, it's $14 million. Um, <laughs> the other thing to consider with Christian Wood, I, I'm actually like thinking about this. <laughs> well, but but also let's let's look more at the less about like the GMing of it and more the human level, where he showed really low effort. Oh, in a it, lot of different places. There were, I mean, he he refused to go into a game at halftime. This yeah, year, and after again, halftime, like, with all this is why the draft for me. I respect the hell out of the people who put the time and the effort into evaluating on the, the court. It's a tremendous amount of work and they deserve all of the success and praise that comes with it. The challenge is, and it's similar to the NBA, the players that are currently in the NBA, but a little less because they're younger. They have more time to develop. They, there's less known about them in terms of like their demeanor, who they are as people, their motor, what drives them. Like my day job, I 
work in executive recruiting and you can come across a phenomenal profile for someone who would be a great job, who uh, do a great job at, at this, you know, CEO, whatever role it might be. And then you find out that the person's just not good at all. They've got great credentials, but they're just, they're, they're missing something. They're not good candidates. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets reflected in, in how I view it with prospects and, and the difference there with them, but still similarities of, of these other players. If, if someone like Christian Wood has a reputation that seems to follow him from place to place, maybe you pump the brakes and you say at the same time, does this team want to invest in that type of player? Maybe. I don't really know, but the reports that we've seen have been somewhat troubling. The the only other thing I will add is um, Noel as the salary in exchange for Wood misses working by like less than $100,000. So like if the Knicks looked at it, like not only are we getting Christian Wood, but we're offloading Nerlens or for that matter, Kemba Walker, both of those guys, the salary doesn't work. So the Knicks would, you know, you'd be talking about throwing in, uh, I guess, a McBride probably. Well, yeah, well, no, 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 what you would do is you would wait until after the moratoria or like, you know, in free agency, yeah, sign the player and then you trade them later and then their salaries are. Oh yeah. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. That would make sense. But if it's, but it's a little bit more, like it happens, but it's a little bit more convoluted to kind of consummate that trait. Um, so I guess it could, well, yeah, but doesn't, there's not a waiting period. It's for you to do it after you play, uh, sign you the players. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like 30 days after that's, that was the Wiggins. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Kevin yes, 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 yes. Okay. So I guess that wouldn't get in the way. Oh man. I don't know. That's an interesting I one. Uh, yeah. I hear you. But again, we're, we're getting lower and lower in terms of value. Yeah. Uh, I know the bulls 18. Uh, I don't know what they're giving up. Don't see it. Don't see it at all. Doesn't seem like a good fit. Especially since they don't really have, they've got one. It's the, the Blazers future first. Like it's protected first. So it's lottery protected for years. So like, is that worth moving down seven spots? I don't, I know people love accumulating picks to me. I would just take the quality at 11. And also they're going to give that, that pick up. The one thing that I'm going to say, as we are talking about, picks in this range, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever. This might be Ty Ty Washington's range. So if you're, again, someone who has paid attention to the draft boards already, Ty Ty Washington was the starting point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats last year. Um, A a school that has uh, had some success producing uh, guards from time to time. Uh, He does not profile to be the sort of player that uh, has come in and, and done very well in the league. But, you know, He's solid. He's he's very solid. He's just he doesn't profile as like a star player. And he's yeah, yeah there are issues there. Uh, Nineteen is the Timberwolves. Like, are, are we talking uh, eleven and meh rotation pieces and salary filler for uh, nineteen and D'Angelo Russell? The Timberwolves aren't going to go for that. And the Knicks probably shouldn't. As well, I know people are big so fans be, of D'Angelo Russell. I, he's not going to be the point guard type that the Knicks are looking for. He, he's just not someone who drives frequently, finishes. It's, if they did that deal, <laughs> my God, I would hate myself yeah, so much. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. one of those ones where it's just like, I put my hands up. I'm done. Yep. I would agree with that. Uh, we skipped 20 because that was a Spurs pick, I want to say. Yeah. 21, the Nuggets. Um, there's not a whole lot here. 
right? Like it's it's Jokic, Murray, no. Jokic for Randall and Fournier. Who says no? The Knicks, obviously. <laughs> two for one. They're getting yeah, two yeah. players. Two. Um, Aaron Gordon, don't really see him moving in. It's probably not. No, the, these the guys, this, this is, and plus like, you know, you have to start asking yourself, like, is this really the team that wants to jump up at 11 because they see like the guy that's going to like get them over the top? I maybe, but, and again, what are they giving up for that? Right. Yeah. Don't see the Grizzlies. It. They have the 22nd pick and the 29th pick. So that's interesting. That's a little below the value. Right, that we that a lot below the value. Well, it, it by itself for twenty two and twenty nine, twenty two and twenty for and twenty nine, and like this would be in like a future protected first, maybe gets you to eleven. But again, who? Why would the Knicks do this? They wouldn't. There's no reason for them to do it. I'm just saying from a valuation perspective, they got a future first, but the, the Grizzlies don't make those trades. No. The Brooklyn Nets, um, not a whole lot for them to work with because most of their rosters free agents. Um, I they haven't traded since like '84. Nope, just not going to happen. happen. Milwaukee Bucks, twenty-four. Um, I, Great I, Grayson I, Allen salary dump. Or, yeah, but know. but then you'd think like if it were eleven and Grayson Allen salary dump for, you know a if the Knicks had a pick in the teens and a better player, like that's the type of move, like uh, 20, like, if we're talking about 11 for 24, there's nothing that's really a value because they're not trading Giannis. They're not trading Middleton. No, it's not. And they, Giroux, and they're so they're pick encumbered uh, right. as they're really pick encumbered. Um, so, and they're, yeah, yeah, they're not going to well, do that. Well, what happened is they'd have to pick 24th and then they trade the pick afterwards. That's to avoid the Stepien rule, which is, not back-to-back picks that's not allowed. It's back-to-back future picks. But then picking 24th, that pick would be categorized as in the past, and then you could trade it. This is... Yeah, they're not trading with the box. No. Uh, 25 was also the Spurs. 26, the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know what's here. Again, you can't really do this Jalen Brunson sign-in trade because it would be tampering. And you probably can't agree to it beforehand. So no, um, nope. Doesn't really. Sorry. Help you. Yeah. Now you could always do it after the draft, but there would have to be enough communication between the teams to feel comfortable. And then, and, and given the reporting that we've, we've yeah. already heard about how the Mavericks may be a less than willing party to engage in any sign and trade discussions, let alone under the table sign and trade discussions uh, before the fact that could get them like Dr. The draft pick, uh, well, they're posturing, but yeah, I yes, yeah, no, I know they are, but I, I don't see this being the, the let's break the rules and and work this out ahead of time team. Yeah. Uh, Twenty seven, the Miami Heat. No, Pat Riley will never trade with the Knicks. It's not going to happen. I don't know, man. That Duncan also, Robinson salary. Oh my god, it's very big, very Give large. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should uh, just dump 27 with that salary to some team. Might do them some good. Uh, 28, Golden State Warriors. This is actually our last one because oh, yeah. 29 is the Grizzlies and 30 is the Thunder. Nothing really here, right? Like I know some folks are going to say, what about 11 for Wiseman? Do you really want to 
trade four years of team control of the 11th pick for a center who's halfway through his rookie contract with knee injuries. What do you, what do you think James Wiseman's trade value is right now? Like, what could he get? Like, I have, I'm asking because I have no idea. Well, it's so theoretical what he can provide, isn't it? At least like if NBA the, level. I'm, I'm just looking at teams here. If the, if the Hornets, the Hornets called up that, Golden State. That's certainly like, one, we'll give eight. you 13. 13. Uh, maybe I could see it. Something give like you that. 13 for the guy that you took above LaMelo Ball probably, two probably years 15. ago. Yeah. But then it's a, right. At what point do the Warriors just kind of say it's a sunk cost, but we, we have to wipe our hands clean. Do they? Because they could go into next year being like, well, we've solved our center position between him and Draymond and Kevin, Kevin Looney resigning. I just don't think they would sell that low. And they're fine paying money. I, although they might move. I just. Wiggins. Man. They draft well, the Warriors. Typically. Not always. Typically. Yeah. Mm, that's an interesting one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending, whether it's producing this show, hosting my own show final review, preparing a proposal in Long Beach, doing my taxes, or whatever else. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. 
not only was the prep time not existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low calorie options, cold pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 and use promo code filmschool120 and get $120 off. That's code filmschool120 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 for $120 off. All right. So that's the trading down factor. Uh, Let's talk about trading out. You had talked about this. And I wanted to clarify, I looked at the teams since 2000, all of them, all of the lottery teams that traded out of their pick. And there is only one. It is the 2004 <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Yes, the Phoenix Suns traded the seventh overall pick, which was Luol Dang for Jackson Roman, $3 million in cash. <laughs> Shout out. Cash considerations. Yeah, Robert, Robert Sarver. Sarver owned them then, right? I, I, you might have. I actually not sure. But I'll look it still, up. I'll yeah, look it up. Very possible. Uh, and a 2005 first round pick. That 2005 first round pick was the 21st overall pick. Oh my God. Nate Robinson, which was then traded with which... Quentin Richardson to the Knicks for Kurt Thomas Cash and the draft rights to Dijon Thompson. Um, I think it's very safe to say that the Suns majorly screwed up on this deal. Um, he, Oh, he purchased a team in 2004. I wonder when, when in 2004, I'll be able to look at it up right now. Uh, having a, of course the name, the name of this article referring to him purchasing is the team is having a blast. Yes, you are Robert Sarver. You are having a blast owning the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, Try to look it up. Robert Sarver 2004 might yield something in the news. But yes, um, it wasn't a good trade. And there's a reason why. Because you should... I know that this was more like focusing on cash and people are thinking that the trading out factor. The reason why trading out sometimes doesn't make sense is because you deal with pick protections now. You don't want to do it at the lottery level, right? Like going into like the end of the season, I also had the thought, well, what if the Knicks took their draft pick and then swapped it out to a team for their pick. You know, like maybe, maybe another team wants that. It just doesn't really happen. It's something that's purely theoretical, uh, except for this one case, which was a really bad example. And uh, if you can find a team that's willing to do an unprotected pick next year, great. But if you are the Suns, would you rather have had Luol Deng or any player that you could have taken seventh overall? Um, or would you rather have waited a year and let it be the 21st pick? Like, was the cash really that important to anyone other than Robert Sarver? Well, this was his Jackson Roman certainly wasn't. So he bought the team in April of 2004. I am now oh, looking up. Is, was this his, was this the son's first official move after Robert Sarver had if, acquired the team? If the financing went through, then yes, yes, it was. And if anyway. so, what a way to put your mark on the team. Um, trading for a player, right? Three questions. Is this player a star? Is the price worthwhile? Is the player on a similar timeline as New York's core? These are the intelligent questions to ask that we hope the Knicks are asking. Mm-hmm. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
like again, we've talked about stars availability. I just don't see now being the right time for them to do it. If an opportunity presents itself, then you can reassess uh, the price. Like I know the idea of Malcolm Brogdon and eleven and salary filler. Like to me, that's treating an asset as a depressed or a depreciating one. You shouldn't do that. If you're betting on upside, that is the wrong move to make. If there's a legitimate player who's young, like I'm not saying Cam Reddish, obviously, but like someone in that position who's better than Cam Reddish, that's so, where you make the type of move. But other than that, it's just like, why? What are you, what are you really doing here? So like I mentioned DeJounte Murray before, DeJounte Murray is too good for the 11th pick. It, putting aside the fact that the Spurs already have three first round picks. But like, can we use the Spurs as an example? Because there's a player I have in mind that it basically for the, the hell of it. Sure. Yeah. Like um, Kendall Johnson, right? Uh, you, yeah. Kel- no, it's not. Uh, it's Keith. Oh, my God. Now you're making me forget the guy's damn name. Um, On the Spurs. It's not. It's not. Ken- it's not Is it Kendall? It's not, it's not Keyshawn Johnson. No, I, I thank you, Andrew. Andrew, you have to leave all of this in because this is this is again exceptional podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's not. Well, let's go with Kendall for a minute. Do we need to to give it a second for Google to load? This is what happens when when you go past the two hour mark of podcasting. You forget Keldon Johnson. Yeah, that's what I said. Is that what you said? I said Keldon Johnson. You did? Yes. Can we use the Spurs as an example? Because there's a player I have in mind that basically for the, the hell of it. Sure. Yeah. Like um, Kendall Johnson. Kendall Johnson. I'll take your word for it. All right. Like if that's the sort of thing where you see a player who is on his rookie contract uh, can fill in right away. If you're going over the salary cap because he's in a contract year himself, like that is something that I would understand. Other than that, like you need to, you need to convert it into something that's going to be positive moving forward. And um, if you're betting on that on the core and the young players, that is the type of thing. Granted, would I do that type of deal? I, I probably wouldn't. No, but that's an example of. I was about to say, type. like, Kelvin Johnson is like, if he was like ten percent better, I, you could. You could talk me into it uh, for sure. And you know what? Maybe uh, Kelton Johnson's good. And that's I'm probably not yeah. being kind enough to him. Um, but if you're, if you're Kelton Johnson, you're 10% better. The Spurs probably aren't trading you. Probably, and the Spurs <laughs> probably aren't trading him anyway, because yeah. for all these reasons, but like as an example of a type of player, like DeAndre Hunter is not the type of player you want, but the archetype wise, the contract, the value, like all these things, it's not him, but it's it's someone like him who is not DeAndre Hunter. I'll give you another player who, again, I don't want the Knicks to trade the 11th pick for this player, but from a valuation perspective, I could see, I could see actually people vehemently disagreeing about this in both directions, which probably, well, maybe makes it a fair trade. Is Cole Anthony? It again. What is, what is is he doing? Things that the Knicks really like. Yeah, he's he's slashing. Is he pulling up? He's he's being inefficient from all over the he's court. Right. 
Like we already have RJ, which, which they, which they seem to love because they draft these guys. Like it's their fucking business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't think it would be here, but yes, that, that type of player, someone that, who's on his like second, contract. he's finished his second year is two right. more years of team control. Like, you know, yeah. puts up numbers. Is he changing your life? If you're Orlando? No. Like that sort of guy. And I, I, again, I, I don't want the Knicks to do that. I, and I'm, and I'm not even saying, Cole is is bad. He, you know what? He probably has some upside. Like if you told me Cole Anthony was going to make an All Star team one day, I'd be like, eh, okay, maybe. I guess I see it. Um, I don't think it's smart business, or yeah. that's why it's just not smart team building, right? And then they're staying put. You know, I mean, most teams. <laughs> great, great picture, Jeremy. Thank you. Most teams don't move in the draft. They kind of stay where they're at. But the front office has shown interest in moving up and down. Um. But granted, the highest pick they had, Obi Toppin, eighth overall, they stayed put. They didn't need to trade up because he fell into their laps. They didn't want to trade down because they wanted Obi instead. I'm sure there were potential offers of, hey, we'll give you this and that for eight. And the Knicks probably said, no, we'll take the quality that is Obi Toppin over the quantity you're offering. Who knows if it was the right decision just in terms of what was offered, but it's kind of where they stood. Are we making predictions? We can. I figured we would, but uh, I'll just run through the conclusions very quickly. Yeah. The Knicks are an an enigma, you know, like they don't do things with chalk. Maybe this is the year they do. Maybe we're so accustomed to them doing wilder shit that we're like, oh, maybe they'll finally, you know, maybe they'll keep doing that. Maybe they just stay as is. Um, Best player available, right? But you have to incorporate fit in some capacity. It doesn't have to be prioritizing it. It's just considering it. Uh, treat the asset like an asset. Like I'm saying, don't attach it to something that's depreciating as a way to get yourself in a better situation. If you want to commit to the younger core, find a player that can help them better than they are right now. Or as well as that 11th pick might be. Um, embrace the youth. You know, like... Still, make if you can make this a young team that shows effort on a nightly basis by just taking some. This is more of free agency as well, but like, uh, although it could happen on draft night, taking some of the veterans and finding a way to uh, to do something with that, so you can then push the younger players up into prominent roles. Uh, people will be very happy with the result, whether it's winning or losing. And then finally, uh, hold on, you know, like there will be a lot of youthful players. There will come a point where they consolidate not the older players, but also the younger players. Probably won't be this year. Might be next year. I thought one thing that was really interesting, and I'm sure you saw the Berman report with uh, Jakobitis recently. Yes, I did. It seemed like 2023 was a more definitive time, did it not? Like before what we were operating on was like, oh, and... few years, whatever. Yeah, like, no. It, it seemed, it, it, that's how he made it out. I mean, who knows right. if but that's if, actually the case. If that is the case, it would line up with the idea that goes back to consolidating the younger players, getting a player like Donovan Mitchell in the door, seeing what other stars might be on the market if it's not him. Moving through with that, using mid-level exception money to you know, part of it to sign Rokas. Like, but but that's the thing. If there's a logjam right now with the youth, it's okay because it can sort itself out in a year, maybe two years, but probably a year. But it's not like... We don't need to go overboard in terms of the picks. I know maybe two picks might be too much, but one pick, bring them in, develop them in the G League, develop them at the uh, NBA level, 
do what you can. I let me first say that I don't think that there is an obvious answer to the question of what I think they're going to do. Um, I agree with you. The the most obvious answer is probably just that they're going to stick at eleven and make the pick. It's it's what I'm expecting right now. I think if they have a chance to jump up and get sharp, and it and they could use Julius Randle to do that again. I know we went through all the reasons why that is very unlikely. I think if there's a chance for them to do that, I think they do it. Um, other than that, like, I, I, like I know the Hornets are sitting with there with those two picks. I just, I don't, I just don't it, like so much. Would, it would need to happen for them to make, to make a trade down that would make sense for them for today, for moving forward. I guess I'll predict that they stay put. Um, I don't feel great about it, though. All right. I'm going to say that they're going to try to move up first. We're going to see reports about it. Yeah. Again, take all reports with a grain of salt. Yeah. Just as always, the Giants just smokescreen their way to getting two great players and they were terrible at smoke screens. They just didn't do it. I mean, this is a guy who was watching film using a Wii remote. So um, whatever. But in terms of Fantastic. the Knicks, for, for the sake of, uh, of uh, diversifying opinions, I'm going to go with that they do call up the Hornets. And it's, it's 11 for 13 and... That's the thing. Is There's no right. obvious and... Right. It's that that's the problem because then we get to like the 13 and 15. I'm going to stick with the, the roller coaster of emotions 11 for 13 and 15. They keep 13 draft the best player available who hopefully is a wing. And then they trade down from 15 to, you know, whatever number, not so far, but like five, four, five, six, seven spots and take an international player and have his draft rights. Although the, the, that's the thing. like, how many international players in the draft that There's, are also worthy of, of in their minds being taken, uh, you know, started like mid slash late first round. I don't know, but that's the type of move I would do if it's not just staying put. And if it's not moving up. Yeah, I don't. I, there's nothing obvious. There's nothing obvious. I, I think this is wouldn't it be funny if like this is the draft that ends up boring after the last two that were very active and like people probably maybe didn't anticipate them being as active as they were. And this is, you know, this is the yeah. one where everybody's like, well, the Knicks are gonna have to do so. I I tell you, the, the, honestly, what's what's the, let's end here. What's the thing that you don't want them to do? But that you really don't want them to do? I don't want them to trade the pick for a non-star. Yeah, I don't. If they trade this for Brogdon, I'm I'm not going to be happy. No, and That's, I, I don't. I don't want them drafting a center. And you don't want them drafting. I actually, I'd be more forgiving them of them drafting a center than I would Agreed. be. Yeah, but both would be. There are levels to it, but both would I would not be happy about. But then again, Walt Perrin gets paid the big bucks because he's better at that than I am. And yeah. I respect that. Than, than both of us. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, you have outdone yourself again. Um, a lot of research in this one and it shows and it's awesome. Uh, again, if you just listen to this, 
it's worth it to hop on the YouTube and uh, even if you just scroll through for just to like to to see the visual of all of the trades like into the top five or all of like the you know the trades where you're going from the bottom of the lottery to lower in the draft just to kind of see everything there at once so you can really get an idea of like what is and is not possible and like what it's going to cost because like everybody at this time of year has notions right we all have notions of this and that and like you know would this team say yes the the reality of this stuff is that like these trades are there's a blueprint for anything you want to do and you're not going to be the one to break the mold in all likelihood it happens it happens rarely but uh, not often so you're kind of left stuck with like, you know, what existing precedent has, has laid out for you. Um, we'll uh, actually have a link to the presentation in the about yes. info section for the YouTube video. Yes. For those who want to see it. So um, check that out. Jeremy, anything else before we get out of here? I think that's all. I think we've uh, taken enough time to dissect this. Yes. But uh, yeah, uh, that is it. Uh, as always, thank you for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, we're 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 getting close, man. A month of the draft, like I said. So before you know it, it's the off like the off season is going to be here in in full effect, and we will be there with you for every step of the way. As always, if you dig the show, feel free to drop a five star rating, leave a review, um, and of course, uh, if you're not subscribed, subscribe. That helps us out. Uh, Until next week, uh, we will talk to you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.